Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. I want you to open up your Bibles. I believe that there's a this is going to be a word that we all need today, myself included. Uh, you know, it's important that the preacher always preaches to themselves. So if I need to take a minute and apply it, you're going to have to just give me a minute because this one's for me, okay? I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. And what I'm going to talk about today, I don't think I'm going to get any pushback because this is something that, that everybody, I think, at least desires. It's something that God has put inside of us, and it's something that, that even the world recognizes as this is a good thing. And what I want to talk about today is rest. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I've been waiting for this sermon right? We're all waiting because we want to take a rest. Well, what comes to your mind when I say the word rest? Maybe what comes to your mind is like taking a nap. Maybe, maybe a beach. You know, I, I want you to know that I am sacrificing for Jesus by being in Chicago because I lived in California and Florida before moving here. So if you were born here, you don't understand. There's a sacrifice that's being made. I mean, I'm kidding, but I love Chicago, especially during the summer. But, uh, I, you know, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for the winter. Hallelujah. But, you know, when you, when you think of rest, I think that a lot of us might think of a lot of different things. Maybe what comes to your mind when you think of rest is uh, watching a movie, chilling on the couch, working a long day and just coming home and just chillaxing, as my kids say. I think that when Jesus offered us rest, he offered us something that goes deeper. Amen. He offered us something that our hearts are longing for, and if we're not careful, we'll miss it. Amen. When Jesus offered us rest, it wasn't just stopping work. When Jesus offered us rest, he was offering us something that met a need in our soul. Amen. I believe that what God wants to do today is he wants to give us an invitation to experience rest. Amen. Today's word, I want, to, I want you to just know, okay, I'm setting you up online and at Kilpatrick, I'm setting you up. I want you to know that today's word is not about you understanding rest. Today's word is about you receiving rest. Today's word is about you walking in rest. And the title of my message today is live from a place of rest. Live from a place of rest. Now I want to ask you something about your life. If the people that you know around you, if they were to describe you, would they describe you as a person that is not anxious, that brings peace where they go? Would they describe you as a person who's not worried, who doesn't fret about the future? 
Would they describe you as someone who's content with where you're at? Come on, I'm going to start preaching soon. Whether, how would your friends describe you? Not when you're there, when you're not there. Because there's a difference. So if, if you are not sure how to answer that question, I believe that Jesus is giving you an invitation today. I believe that Jesus is calling you in and he's saying, hey, I want you to experience something that I know about that nobody else knows. This is a secret of the kingdom. It's that Jesus provides true rest. Let's read this passage together. In Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28, the Bible says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Does anybody labor and in, are you heavy laden? If you don't know what that means, it means you got some heavy weights on your shoulders online at Kilpatrick. Is there anyone like that? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, we need you. We can't do this on our own, oh God. We can't find rest on our own. All of our own devices, they all fall short. But Lord, when we look into your face, when we experience you, when we walk with you, when we take your yoke upon our shoulders, we can find true rest. And I pray that today, oh God, Lord, as we open your word, Lord, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers of your word. Lord, that we would not just understand, but that we would apply. I pray, oh God, Lord, that we would be those, oh God, who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So God, we ask, oh Lord, help us, oh God, to apply your rest to our life. I pray, oh God, Lord, that we would live from a place of rest. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the people of Jesus' day, they were under incredible oppression. They were under incredible oppression. And what they were experiencing was oppression from the government. They were under the Roman rule at the time. They were heavily taxed. Their own people were actually extorting them. They were called publicans or tax collectors and they would come and the, they became tax collectors by, the, by giving the biggest bid to the Roman government and that's how the Roman government chose the tax collectors. And the tax collectors would then come to the people and they would tax them and anything extra that they taxed, that was their salary and there was no cap. So you can imagine how well that system worked. Their own people were extorting them over the government. They were under an iron fist. They had to do things like if a Roman soldier saw you, he could make you carry his, uh, his baggage for up to a mile. And you had to do it. They were occupied by a foreign nation and they were not able to practice their life as they saw fit. But then it got worse because when they would go to church, 
They would go to church, which is a synagogue, and they would go, and then they had a list of limiting rules. Not just the Bible, but plus. There was 600 and some commandments that were given, and the, the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of those days, they put on extra burdens on people to make sure that they stayed away from even possibly uh, uh, making an infraction upon this code. And so the people found no rest. There wasn't rest in the religious life. There wasn't rest in the political life. There wasn't any rest in their work life. They were oppressed. Makes Illinois sound pretty good. And so when Jesus gave this offer, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know what I love about that? It's an invitation to a person. Here's what Jesus says. He gives rest to those who come. If you don't hear anything else I say today, Know this, online at Kilpatrick, here at Cicero, Jesus wants you to come to him. Amen. Everything that you're looking for can be found in Jesus. Amen. Everything that you need can be found in Jesus. You might feel oppressed. You might feel like there's no way to win. You might feel like you're overwhelmed and you're burdened. You might feel like, how am I supposed to take care of everything at the house and then take care of everything at the job and then serve at church? How am I supposed to do everything? Jesus wants you to know when you come to him, you find rest. I want you to understand that what Jesus was talking about is not out of reach. I, I talk to people sometimes and sometimes what I hear is like, yeah, you know, I, I tried that, um, but it just, it didn't really work for me. And I always tell people, I'm like, listen, you can't try what Jesus gives and it not work. So if you say you tried it, you didn't. When you try Jesus, you don't try anything else. When you really get a taste of Jesus, you don't need anything else. So what's your burden? What are you heavy laden with? Maybe anxiety? Are you afraid of what's gonna happen next? Are you unsure of your future? Are you not sure if you're fulfilling the mission that God has called you to? You trying to find a spouse? I know, I'm not preaching about that today. Everybody calm down, it's okay. This is just one example. What is it for you? You know what's interesting? If you... If you um, if you go to the world, they'll tell you that they can give you rest. And it looks like a vacation on the beach, right? Or maybe a camping trip or a new car. New cars provide a lot of rest <laughs> if you watch commercials. 
In fact, all the commercials, if you ever notice when you watch all the commercials, whenever they, they try to sell you something, it's always someone experiencing rest. It's never anyone paying for it. <laughs> never have I seen a car commercial with someone trying to work their budget to try to figure out how they can get a nicer car. I've never seen that. I always see them driving in like foreign places that I could never get to. That's how it is, because they're trying to sell you something. Maybe, maybe you're on, maybe you're dissatisfied and you're burdened because you keep looking on social media and you're looking at what everyone else has and you're feeling so behind and you're feeling like I have to work harder and I got to strive. You know, we live in a hustle culture. Everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody's a hustler and, they, and it's like, no, actually they're not. It's not true. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work hard because you should. Jesus worked really hard. But he also worked from a place of rest. So what is it for you? Are you comparing yourself to other people? You comparing your journey to someone else's? Are you comparing your accomplishments to the accomplishments of someone else, even though you have a different gift, a different life, a different history, a different set of circumstances, and a different gift set that goes beyond what they could achieve in a different area? Maybe you're stressed out because you don't know how you're going to get everything done. Maybe you're a single mom here and you're like, Pastor David, rest sounds like a nice idea that would be that I, I will experience when my kids get out of the house. <laughs> I believe that Jesus, what he's offering here, this is not a pipe dream. Amen. It's an invitation to a person. So I want to tell you something. So when I first... When I first got married, um, you know, when you first get married, you don't have any clue what you're doing. You know that, right? So if you're, if you're looking to get married here, I want to just tell you, just know the first two years, you have no clue. It's like you, you don't know what you're doing and you're just trying to figure it out as you go. And that's okay because there's a lot of grace. That's why I tell uh, newly, newlyweds, I say, just always remember this. I forgive you is a really important phrase. I love you and it's okay. Right? Amen, said all the married people, right? So here's the deal. When I, when I first got married, I remember, I, I remember this, this strange thing. Susie and I, my wife's name is Susie, obviously, and uh, we, would, we would get into these like little tiffs, little fights, these arguments, and it was like this latent frustration, and we couldn't figure out what it was. And I'm like, are you really that mad at me that I left the, the milk out on the counter? Is that really what we're talking about right now? Because you seem really lit to be talking about the milk. <laughs> and I would come home and I'd be like, what's going on? And I remember we'd be, we'd be just knocking heads. And it was like, you know, the honey to-do list was just, it was long and it was super important. And I was like, man, I didn't know that, that you know, screwing that picture to the wall is so important. I had no idea. But I realized something after a while. I realized my wife definitely wanted the honey to-do list finished. Don't get me wrong. She definitely wanted that. But you know what she was really frustrated about? FaceTime. Not the app. 
FaceTime. Yes, amen. What I realized is that she wanted to be with me. She was feeling like she didn't have someone to talk to. She was wanting to download what's going on in her life. But I was running around because I'm trying to like provide for the family or something. And I'm like busy working, busy doing ministry, busy doing this. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad that we're married. What'd you need? You need that list? I'm like, that's not a big deal. And she's like, yes, it is. But then I learned, you know what? If I slow down, and I have some conversations with my wife in the morning, then the evening, there's no fight. <laughs> this is like magical. I learned it, I was like, this is amazing, you know? Where was this? There's no YouTube videos on this. What's going on? No one told me that, but you know what? We're all the same. Amen. It's hard to be at rest when your heart is longing for someone. It's hard to be at rest when you feel like you haven't made that connection. And Jesus understood that. And so what he's saying is he's saying, come to me because I want you to experience my rest. But I know you can't experience rest unless you have me. And you might not understand this. If you're, if you're new to the faith, if you've just given your life to Jesus, I want to tell you something. You need a lot of Jesus. You can't get away with just a Sunday. If you're here and you're just come on Sundays, we love you. God bless you. I'm so glad that you're here. But you need more. If you're watching online and, and, and you, you don't know what I'm talking about, I want to encourage you. Encounter the presence of God on a daily basis. Not just in the morning. Not just in the morning for a couple of minutes. It's a day by day, moment by moment. Listen, sometimes we, we just get so busy. We get so carried away with our life. But Jesus, he wants us to just... Look at him. Amen. This is an invitation to a person. Amen. Jesus is rest. Amen. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Man, isn't that good to know that Jesus is gentle? Amen. You know, I can't park here, but I just want you to know if you're hard on yourself, you probably have a hard time hearing God's voice. Because Jesus says that when he leads someone, he's gentle and lowly. That's all. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Listen, he gives rest to those who take and learn. He gives rest to those who take and learn. Have you ever seen someone uh, say that they understand how to do something and then try to do it and then utterly fail? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, uh, do you know how to drive stick shift? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know how to drive stick shift. Oh, okay, all right, cool. You know, those of you who have never driven in a stick shift car, you just try once and you'll see what I'm talking about. If you don't know how to drive stick shift, you don't know how to drive stick shift. 
You can understand how the gears work. You can understand that you got to put the clutch in and then release it. And there's this like, there's this little point that it touches just right so that everyone doesn't get whiplash. (laughs) You can understand all of that. But if you don't know how to do that, then it's going to be a rough ride. And you know what I think? I think that there's a lot of believers that they said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they don't know how to drive stick. They get in the car and they say, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I go to church. Um, where's, what's the, the um, where is it? What's it called? It's, it's like near Cicero, Belmont, somewhere around there. Really good place. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not about coming to church, but sometimes people, they know Christian words, but they don't have a Christian experience. They, there's an understanding a knowledge base, but there's not an experience base. And so when you come to Jesus, what he's saying is he's saying, listen, you have to take my yoke upon you and then you have to learn from me. Guys, listen, Jesus has already lived a perfect life. There's nothing to figure out anymore. We just have to look to Jesus and say, how can I be more like Jesus? Take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? We don't use yokes very often here because probably most of us are not farmers. If you're online and you're a farmer, you would know what I'm talking about probably, maybe, or you probably use a tractor. So this is a yoke. This is a yoke. This is a young woman. She's got, it looks like some tomatoes uh, that she's hauling. And, And this is a yoke. What it is, is it's a bar that goes across their shoulders. And what Jesus was talking about is he's saying, hey, listen, there's a load that you're trying to carry that's too heavy for you. If I had two big bushels of tomatoes, I would not ask her to pick them up and carry them. But she's carrying it fine because she's got a yoke. A load that would have been impossible to carry on your own. A load that looks too heavy for you to manage. All of a sudden, when you have a yoke, it becomes bearable. Listen to this quote. It says, a yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Listen, realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. Hallelujah. You guys didn't clap for that part. We cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Hallelujah. Listen, you know what the world wants to offer you? Escape. And so when the world talks about rest, do you know what they're talking about? Escape. We all know what this looks like, right? Okay, after a hard day of work, I'm going to plop down on the couch and forget about everything and watch TV. That's going to make me feel better. And then when you get up, you don't feel better. Because it actually drains your spirit. On the weekend, I'm going to go and drink because I want to forget about my week. 
I'm going to go find this relationship because what I really need is a romantic relationship. And if I just had that, then I would be able to finally be satisfied and find rest. You know, what I really need is a vacation. But how many of you know, you can go on vacation and come back really tired? Haven't you ever heard someone say, man, I need a vacation after my vacation? What's up with that? I thought that the vacation was everything that you wanted and everything that you needed. No, that's what people, that's what people that are trying to sell you something tell you. Because they want you to get online and book your next one. To think that after I chase this, this, this rabbit, I'm going to finally find rest. But Jesus says, no, it's not found in escape. It's found in a person. You can't escape work. You can't escape work. Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you how to find rest in the middle of work. Do you know that your job, you can receive the same kind of rest that you receive at a vacation at your job? I'm not saying you don't need vacation. They're good for you. It's it's godly, okay? Do them. But it's not going to fix your problems. Jesus is offering you something deeper, something richer. I want you to know something. Jesus is a really gentle teacher. You might say, well, I don't, okay, Pastor David, so how do you do this? What does this even look like? Because I don't know. What does it look like to carry the the yoke that Jesus is talking about? Because I I definitely want it, but I, I don't know what that looks like. Here's what it looks like. Matthew chapter 5. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus outlines a way of living that is different than the world. Did you know that the way that the world wants us to live is actually designed to wear us out and exhaust our spirits so that we are unable to rest and enjoy life? He's saying, I knew it. I told my boss that. (laughs) Rest is something that is deeper than just circumstances. If you're at Kilpatrick, I want you to know rest is available. It's not a pipe dream. Jesus, what he was basically saying is he's saying, okay, look, the Pharisees are telling you if you want rest, then you got to follow all the rules. You got to do everything right. And then the world is telling us, well, if you want rest, there's no way to really get rest because if you tried following those rules, those rules are impossible. And so the world offers you all of these escape mechanisms. They say, well, you can't find rest, so maybe you can buy it. You can't have rest, so maybe you should, you know, if you had more stuff, that would probably make you happier. If you, if you just had that relationship or maybe you just escaped into this fantasy world for a little while, you play some more video games, maybe that will make you at rest. And then it's all of these escapes and this exhausts me. And then the world exhausts me. The law exhausts me. And so I come to this place and I say, Jesus, where am I going to find rest? And he says, find rest in the person. Amen. Have you ever noticed when... Uh, when you try to put your kids to sleep at night, what do they do? Come on, y'all don't have kids? They cry. 
You tell your kids to go to sleep, they cry. At least mine do. I don't know. If yours don't, then please, maybe we could talk after. <laughs> you, you feed them. You love them. You take care of them. You let them play at the park. And then you say, okay, time for bed. It's like a switch. <laughs> they go to cry. And what happens is they go and they're crying and they're crying. And you know what? This is what I found. And my wife taught me this because I didn't understand it. And I thought, well, maybe if I just say, if you don't go to sleep right now, and then, you know, the, the, whatever follows after that, right? <laughs> that actually, it turns out, doesn't work. But what my wife taught me is that the reason that they're crying is because they want to be tucked in. The reason that kids cry before they go to sleep is because they want to be tucked in at night. And so what happens is the kids lay down and now the kids know. They're like, Daddy, I need you to come tuck me in. And so we go up there, say, hey, I love you. I love you. You're so special. God has amazing plans for your life. And they give multiple hugs. One is not sufficient. <laughs> and kids love to hug hard. And they like to hug your neck. I think I need a chiropractor because the way that they, you know, they need it. They need to touch me. They need to hug me. They need to hear my voice. They need to, 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 to let me pray over them. And then, and then after that, then they, then they finally turn over and they lay down, at least for a couple minutes. Soon they're going to say, I think I need water. But you know, I don't think that we're that different. You know, so in my journey, I want to tell you, this is... I told you I'm preaching to myself because rest is something that I don't think we understand. Jesus wants us to be able to walk and rest in the middle of our work. Well, what does that even look like? I mean, that sounds confusing. Here's what the Lord taught me. Because I came to a place in my life where I was striving, I was working so hard, I was stressed out, and I'm in ministry. I was trying to work so hard for Jesus. I was like, Jesus, you know, I'm going to just try to do everything. And if maybe you could just bless it from afar, that would be nice. That was my mentality. Unintentionally, I knew all the right answers, but that's not how it panned out. And so I got exhausted. I was like, at the end of myself, I didn't know what to do. And I remember the Lord taught me a lesson. He's like, lay down. Literally. And so my devotion life changed. I used to come to the Bible and I used to read it and I was like, okay, I got to get my chapter in and then I'm going to pray. And, and all of that is good, by the way. If you do that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But if you miss the heart of it, then it's not great. And so I would do that. And then once I was done with that, I'm like, okay, here we go. Another day. Jesus stopped me and he's like, okay, look, lay down. So 
literally, I started laying down. I've got a little bit of a small office, so my wife can tell you this. When she opens the door, I'm always like dodging because like almost hits my head. <laughs> and she'll find me. I'm like laying on the ground. I'm like, hey. She's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, great. It, it was so hard for me. I'm not suggesting that that's what everyone should do, but the heart of everyone should do. And what was I doing? When I was laying there, I wasn't thinking about what's next. I wasn't praying, God, please solve this problem. God, please go do this. I wasn't saying, God, I need you to help in this ministry. God, go, go fix this problem. I wasn't saying anything. I was just in the presence of God, just laying there because what God wanted to teach me was that His presence does all of the work that's needed. And I can't slow down during my week unless I slow down during the day. You know, the, when we did the fast, you know, the 7-12-7, one of the things that I did is I started incorporating that into my life. And, and you, if you're around me, my phone is always going off. But you know why it's going off? It's going off because I'm telling myself, slow down and pray. Because during the day, I have to remind myself, I am not running a rat race. I am operating in the authority and the power of God. And so as God flows through me, I'm at rest while I'm at work. Because I know it's not me that does the work, it's God that does the work through me. And so when I take on the yoke of Jesus, I can look at a day and I'm like, God, that day is impossible. How many meetings can I be in? But when I take a moment in the morning and I just say, God, you're going to be with me every moment of today. And I'm not the one that's doing the work. You're the one that's going to do the work through me. You see, when Jesus gives you an invitation and an offer, he never bluffs. He's never, he never comes short on his delivery. I want to tell you something. When Jesus says, I will give you rest, he means it. And rest is not found just in a vacation. Listen, uh, I, we're almost done here, but I want to tell you something else. So, has anyone ever heard of the Sabbath? Jesus actually instituted that as well, right? This is pre-law, seven days, uh, excuse me, six days for work, one day for rest. When God created the world, do you know what he did? He created the, 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 uh, the light and dark and, and land and sea and fish and animals and all these things. And you know, after every single day, you know what he said? It's good. You know what the devil wants you to do? Forget about all of the good things in your life and just keep marching. He wants you to strain for what's ahead and just forget about all of the amazing things that are going on in your life. Listen, if you have a family, you should go home and you should just enjoy your family. When you're eating dinner with your family, can you please enjoy the meal? You know I always gotta talk about food. Can you please just enjoy the food as it goes into your mouth? That's a gift from God. Take a minute and just relax. Allow God to give you the enjoyment of life because when you enjoy that, guess what you don't need? Escape. Some of you are, you have addictions. Online and at Kilpatrick, you have addictions. Jesus wants to set you free. And you know what I believe? That this verse, put that verse back up. This verse is the key. Jesus wants you to experience his rest. Because you know what the devil wants you to do? Chase after the carrot. 
Because, you know, the thing about the world is just one more. It's going to make me feel better. It's just this one more party. I, I think I'm going to, you know, I just need to escape. Just one more look at pornography. That'll help me to feel better. Just one more empty relationship with this person that I know is going to run away from me and use me. One more of this, one more of that. You know, just a little more in my bank account. You know, if I just get to this place in my finances, then I'll finally be happy. It's a lie. Jesus wants you to be happy today. Jesus wants you to be at rest today. So listen, this is what God wants you to do. I believe this. Every week, take a day off. If you don't, the days off will catch you. It happened every time in the Bible when the people of God didn't honor the Sabbath, the Sabbath always caught up with them. And so if you don't take a break right now on purpose, you'll take a break later on accident. And it won't be the kind of break that you want. It'll catch up with you. God wants you to be at rest. What does it look like? It's hard. Because, you know, uh, so I just started doing this. I'm preaching to myself. I told you that. So I, I started doing this, like, I don't know, five months ago where I started getting really serious about the Sabbath. And, and I started not being legalistic because, you know, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's not about following rules. But I started saying, okay, let me do this the right way. And so I would come home and I would say, okay, I'm not going to do any work on this day. You know what? My kids started saying, Dad, when's the Sabbath coming? Amen. Because they knew they're like, I'm going to be able to hang out with Dad. I used to, I, I start looking forward to the meals. You know, I love my job, but I love the Sabbath more. <laughs> because it's just a day that I just enjoy Jesus. I just, I open my Bible. I read my Bible for as long as I want. As long as my kids will let me. And it's hard because there's like, I see chores and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that chore. And it's like, it drives you nuts. You know, you didn't see it all week, but then it's like, why is that load of laundry right there? But you, you just say no. And you know what it is? You have to surrender and believe that God is the one that does the work. Will you stand with me? I'm gonna ask the singers to come. Listen, I want you to know this. Jesus wants to give you the way to live. He wants to teach you. He wants to bring you along. This is a journey and you need to ask Jesus, what does this look like for my life? What does it look like to live in rest? Because if you follow the life of Jesus, he'll show you. Matthew chapter five, this is your homework. Online, write it down. If you're at Kilpatrick, write it down. Read Matthew chapter five, the Sermon on the Mount. If you need to read it every day, do it. Because when you understand the way of Jesus, then you walk close to Jesus and you're able to experience the life that Jesus experienced. Jesus wants you to experience rest right now. It's not just something that you're gonna experience when you die. He wants you to have rest right now and to live from rest. The world needs you to be at rest. So listen, this is easy. This is easy. I could see you're offended. I don't know about Kilpatrick, but here at Cicero, you're offended. It's okay. 
sometimes Jesus, he says crazy things. And why would he say, why would he say this? Why would he say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Do you know what Jesus asked us to do? He asked us to do some pretty hard stuff, like forgive our enemies, like to turn our cheek, like to, to, uh, to, to serve people. He asked us to, to trust him with our finances. He asked us to heal the sick. He asked us to raise the dead. Jesus, come on, that's not easy. But he says, no, it actually is easy. Genesis 28, 20 says, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel. This is a story. Jacob, he loved Rachel so much. He said, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. You know why it's easy? Because when you're in love, anything is possible. When you love someone, you're like, it's easy. But if you're running like a, like a hamster in a wheel, you forget how much you love Jesus and it gets hard because then you start carrying your own load instead of taking the yoke of Jesus. Jesus wants you to fall in love with him because when you fall in love with him, then when he asks you to do something, it's like, oh, I would love to. All the married people know what I'm talking about. When you're dating someone, it's easy. You're like, you want me to go clean your car? Of course. Give me the keys. I'll get it detailed myself. When you get married, I'm busy. Jesus says, no, no, just come, come. Just like someone needs to be tucked in at night, don't forget, you need to be tucked in at night. Don't forget that when you rest in Jesus' arms, that's when you find the rest that he has promised. Come on, close your eyes. Online, in person, whatever, Kilpatrick, just lift up your hands to Jesus. I want you to be free of the bondage of sin. I want you to be free of the bondage of the world, the weight of the world. Jesus wants to deliver you from that today. He wants you to come to him right now. Jesus is giving you an invitation. He's saying, don't go to the cheap escape of the world. Come to me and you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord.